church. And this morning we're focusing on the fruitful organizational structures. <laughs> and now I got to this and I think, God, fruitful organizational structures, what does that even mean? <laughs> I think about it too. I think, I mean, I don't know. For me, the, the term sounds a little too much like something you'd use in business. So when I get the chance, I'm going to ask the people who wrote this I'm going to ask uh, the church vitality department, you know, can we change this? <laughs> I mean, this is a church. So, anyways, I just want to say, like, I'm, I still kind of wrestle with the whole fruitful organizational structure thing. And I, as I got into this, I started asking, you know, why is this one of the ten missional markers? Why is this one of the ten vital signs? And um, I was wondering maybe if you were asking that, as you were thinking about, the missional marks of a church, and maybe some of you are looking ahead in your study guides and you're looking at uh, fruitful organizational structures. I was wondering maybe if some of you are asking, like, why is this one of them? I mean, with all the stuff I've got going in my life, of all the things that I've got going, with my family, with my job, Jules, I think if you just click at one more space forward, it'll come in. All right, go back one more, please. There we go. Um, if you start thinking, like, wh- why this focus on this? I mean, with everything that I've got on my plate right now, with all the things happening, why this focus? And I think, for one, we're going to get to that, but I think, for one, it's helpful to translate fruitful organization structures into English. I think it's helpful to think of it more as the way we do things around here. It's important as a church that we talk about the way we do things around here and make sure that they continue to serve the purpose that God has set for us as a church. And so, actually, the image that, was, I, that I was thinking or that kind of came to me as I was working through this was this image of a dog sled team. And, you know, this, a dog sled team is it's for a purpose. I mean, some people do it as recreation, but originally it was for a purpose, to get people from one place to another in the, in the deep snow. And so they work with these dog sled teams. And, and these dog sled teams, I mean, you don't, may not think about it, but there is a fruitful organizational structure there, the way that they have the dogs harnessed. The way they do things is important. You can imagine what would happen if you just had a sled and you just started tying dogs to it, and you said, go. <laughs> that would not be a very fruitful organizational structure. But when you tie them in a gang line like this, two by two, And you put the wheel dogs by the sled, the big strong ones, to break it free. You put the smartest, most well-trained dog at the front to guide the sled. That's a fruitful organizational structure. That's a fruitful way to do things. That helps serve the purpose. And that's one thing that, I mean, as as mushers and those, they've worked this structure out. They've worked this way of doing things out over years, over decades, over a long time. So they work this out and they keep assessing it. Even within the team, does this dog fit better here or up here? Or they keep reassessing what's the most fruitful way. And I think about us as we start talking about how we do things as a church. We need to keep asking this question, does the way we do it serve the purpose, the purpose that God has for us? See, that's the important thing that, that we first understand before we get into how we do things. We need to understand our purpose as a church. What has God called us to? Why is there a church here in Balfour? We need to understand and keep coming back to our purpose, the mission that God has for us here. 
So as the text I was working with this is from Acts 6. It said, In those days, when the number of disciples was increasing, the Grecian Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So the twelve gathered all the disciples together and said, It would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the spirit and wisdom. Who will turn this respo- we will turn this responsibility over to them and will give them our attention or give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. This proposal pleased the whole group. They chose St- uh, Stephen, a man full of faith in the Holy Spirit, also Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas from Antioch, a convert to Judaism. They presented these men to the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. So the word of God spread. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly, and the large number of priests even became obedient to the faith. So as I'm looking at this, one thing that I realize is that these 12 apostles, the guys who had been following Jesus, they were part of this huge church, and they were focused on the mission. They were focused um, on knowing their purpose. And so when things started to go badly, when the Grecian Jews came to them and said, our widows are not being cared for in the daily distribution of food, they called together the whole group, the whole church, not just a select group, they called together the whole group. And they said, it's not right for us to focus our time on this good thing when we have a more important thing, the ministry of the word. And so they told the whole group, they called the church to select seven to, to take care of this ministry. And if you notice the requirements for the people, they didn't ask, you know, pick people who are really good at organizing tables, pick people who are really good at washing tables and serving food. Those weren't the requirements. The requirements were character, filled with the Holy Spirit and wise. So this ministry of serving tables was no, um, was no small ministry. And this confirms to me that there, is not, there are no small ministries in a church. Everything is important. But it's interesting to me that the disciples or the apostles at this point, when they set this out, they said it's not right for us or it's not good for us. Actually, in the Greek, it's more like it's not pleasing for, to God for us to focus on this ministry when we have this more important piece, at least for us, at least for these guys. It was more important for them to preach the word. They were focused on their purpose. They remained focused on the big, on the big scheme of things. Because it, would have, it could have been easy for them to think, well, you know, we've got this really important thing, lots of people, I better take care of it. And next thing you know, the, the church begins to shift from its focus of preaching the word to making sure people are fed or making sure that tables are set. Important, but as we read in Acts, not the main focus of the church. The focus was on preaching the word of God, on mission. So they remained focused on the purpose that God had set for them. Even when it was challenging, even tempting maybe, to say, oh, I'll just do this part myself because it'll be way easier than, than calling the whole church together or getting seven new people to take care of it. They focused on what was on their, on their purpose. So as I started thinking about us and how important it is for us as a church to keep talking about the purpose that God has for us, the purpose that God has for this church, to keep it in front of us, that we don't lose sight of it. Take just a minute and think to yourself, what would you say is the purpose of our church here in Balfour?
It's interesting. I believe God has put us here, has put this church for a purpose. I believe it's, and it's on, it's on our bulletin. It's on there every week. It's the great, basically, it's a, it's a condensed version of the great commandment and the great commission. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love neighbors, or love each other as yourself. And then also go out into all the world making disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Loving God, loving others, transforming lives. I would add to that, or expound on that a little bit more, cultivating the kingdom of God here in Balfour. Cultivating the kingdom of God throughout the world in places like the well in Togo, like the, the grains in, in the Congo through the, um, through the kernels of hope, like sponsoring and supporting missionaries like Betty in Russia. We are involved in ministries around the world, but we are also involved in this particular ministry here in the Kootenays, this particular ministry here in Balfour. So I started thinking about it this week as I was thinking about um, the way we do things around here and the purpose of this church. It made me think about this church when it began. Why was this church even planted here in Balfour? Now, I know you. <laughs> I know those of you who planted it. It was not because you just thought, well, it would be easier if we didn't have to drive to Nelson, if we could just drive to Balfour. That's more convenient. I know it wasn't because, well, you know, we've got a lot of visitors in Balfour. We'd like to have a nice place for them to go to church, as good as that is. I know you. I know that you planted this church in Balfour because you wanted to see the kingdom of God grow here. I know that you planted this church for the sake of God's kingdom growing in this community because you wanted to see lives transformed, people devoting their life to Jesus, to see their life transformed, to see them find new life and and this peace in Christ, this excitement and this joy over, over the grace and forgiveness. I know it's because you wanted to see families healed, families that are struggling with addiction, kids who have a hard time because things are going on with their parents, because you wanted to see people who, have, who are wrestling with addiction in our community, you wanted to see them set free, because you wanted to see people who are marginalized, people who are living on the edge alone, you wanted to see them brought into community and cared for. That's, I, I know that's why you guys started this church. That's how it began, and I see that still continuing on today. This is still who we are. This is the tradition of who we are as a church now. God has put us here for a purpose. God planted this church and then built this building here on this property, in this community, for a reason. To love God, to love each other, to see lives transformed, to cultivate the kingdom of God in this community. And I'm not just talking about Balfour, though I mean it a lot, but also to the community throughout the Kootenays. In the places where you work, the clubs that you're a part of, where your kids go to school, where your grandchildren go to school. God has this church here for a reason. And we need to keep talking about the purpose of our church, to hold it in front of us, to keep encouraging each other in this, to, to keep it central, the purpose that God has for us as a church. Well, Fruitful organizational structures or the way we do things around here needs to serve that purpose. Everything needs to point to that purpose. 
Everything needs to point to what God has called us here to do. So as I'm watching these disciples, the first thing I notice is their honest assessment of things. How honestly they speak about the situation. See, the church was growing. If you remember from Pentecost, it said over 3,000 people became believers that day. And this is a few, this is sometime after that. So the place is huge. It's growing. And people, it could have easily said, you know what, things are going great right now. Let's not worry about this. Maybe it'll just go away. They still had the integrity, the courage to say, you know, something is wrong. There is an issue here and we need to address it. We need to change the way we do things to fit who we are now. It's interesting when you think about that because the church had grown so... When it was just 12 people or maybe it was just like a handful of disciples, they could do things differently. But as it grew to over 3,000 people, they had to change, make adaptive changes to fit the situation. So as things are growing in a church or as things are declining... Churches have to continually look and make adaptive changes. What do we need to do to make sure that we still fit the way we are? Do do we need to change something to fit who we are right now? Or, and this is also important, do we need to change things to stay on course for the sake of the purpose, for the mission that God has us on? Do Do we need to change something so we stay focused on the mission that God has us here for? I wonder whose child that is. <laughs> okay. We need to stay on track. The trouble is, I mean, it was a big deal for them. I mean, for the, for the 12 apostles to call together this whole church, all these people together, took courage, took resolve to do the right thing. Say, so we have this issue that we need to address. The thing is, they, they, they made an honest assessment and they spoke honestly about it. But the interesting thing for me is, not only were they willing to make an honest assessment to speak the truth in love, but they were also willing to make the changes. They were willing to change things to take care of the issue that was raised. I mean, not only that, but these guys were leading. They said, let's, let's find seven more leaders to take care of this. We can't do this anymore. We have other ministries that we need to take care of that God has called us to focus on. We need, we need seven more leaders to take care of this. That's kind of a big deal at that time. Seven new leaders to look after this ministry, something that they had looked after for the longest time. But it's interesting, I see this playing out throughout the book of Acts. As you read through the book of Acts, you'll see a church facing growth, facing challenges, and all along the way they keep making adaptive changes. They keep changing things to fit with where they are now as a church, but also to stay focused on the purpose that God had given them. To stay focused on the mission that God had for them, the reason that they were there. It's interesting, as I look through Acts, that change or this This continual adaptive change is a normal and natural part of a growing church. Is that interesting for you to think about? I mean, it's kind of surprising for me. Like even in Scripture, even in the church in Acts, we see that that changing things, adaptive change is normal and natural. It's part of a growing and healthy church. 
So I started thinking about this, about sled dogs. And, you know, the, there's actually two formations. Another formation that dogs run in, it's called, this is called fan formation. And oftentimes, like, they will use that in more wide open places, you know, because the dogs can kind of move around, though it doesn't look like that in, in that picture. But they can kind of dodge, like, chunks of ice and things like that. Can you imagine trying to run fan formation through a tight wooded trail? Dogs all wrapped around trees. And <laughs> but they use this formation too when they're traveling across glaciers because the dogs can spread out. And if one or two fall in, the whole group doesn't go in. They can spread out. They can, they can move um, more carefully. See, the interesting thing as I was looking at this or as I was thinking about dog sled teams is that there are certain situations that call for the gang line, the two-by-two. That's probably the most efficient, the fastest way. And it's great when you're in uh, tight wooded trails. But sometimes the situation calls for the fan formation to spread out. So if you're traveling over a crevasse, for example, that the whole team doesn't go in. Maybe one or two fall, but the rest can, the other dogs can rescue them. The situation helps us know how to change, what sort of adaptions we need to make. But the interesting thing is we need to keep assessing where we're at as a church, assessing where we're at in terms of God's mission, God's purpose for this church. Keep thinking, are we, does the way we do things, do the, does the way we do things around here still, still support the purpose that we have? Or are there things that maybe they were really great a few years ago when we looked more like this, but, you know, I'm not sure how they fit anymore. Or, man, these things were great and they continue to be great. We need to focus on these and help these things grow because they've helped us out for years now and they're still valid. We need to keep asking those questions. But here's the thing. These sort of adaptive changes that we're talking about, Sometimes they can be small things, like, um, for example, in, in this sanctuary. In the summer, we sort of change the chair arrangement because in the summer, we have way more visitors. So we make the arrangement different so more people can sit. In the winter, we kind of change things some a little bit too. Um, fewer chairs, longer rows. That's not a big deal. You know, people don't get too upset about that. Except for when we move your chair, right? Then, then that's a big deal. <clears throat> but... There are big things that happen in church. Some changes are really big. And those things we need to move prayerfully through. We don't need to rush. We need to move prayerfully, encouraging one another. Helping each other. Like, so, you think this is a good idea, why is that? Or you think this is a bad idea, why is that? To keep talking and praying and moving slowly. Moving carefully, because we need God. If our mission is to love God, love others, and transform lives, to cultivate the kingdom of God here in Balfour. We need God for that. We cannot do that on our own. We need God for that. And just as Tracy was talking about with Emily, that we need to hear God's voice. We need to be guided in that as well. I mean, I don't know if you're like me, but there have been a lot of things that I thought were great ideas that didn't turn out very well. We need God to guide us, to keep guiding us. But you know what? I look at the history of this church, and I'm encouraged by the tradition of this church. 
I mean, it wasn't too long ago. I mean, it was a few years now, but when this church was planted, there were people who said, you know, maybe now's not the right time. Maybe we should wait till we have some more money in place, or maybe we need to wait till something is right. We need more data. And yet you faithfully planted this church, courageously planted this church. There was huge risk, but there's also huge opportunity. Or think about when this building was built, this church was built. Again, there were people who said, you know, maybe we need to wait. Maybe we need to wait until the property's sorted out before we have a fundraiser. Maybe we need to wait until things are a little bit, until things are more clear. And yet you faithfully went forward, courageously, courageously following God, being faithful to what He was calling you to do. And there was huge risk in it. But there's also huge opportunity. Amazing opportunity to be faithful to what God is doing. And I believe God is blessing them. So as we work through our, how we do things, as we keep asking about how we do things as a church, we need to keep coming back to, does the way we do it serve the purpose that God has given us? Do the way we do things around here serve the mission that God has us on here in this, in this church, in this community, in communities in other parts of the world. See, the thing is, when we are clear or more clear on our purpose, the mission that God has us on, and the way we do things support that purpose, they feed into that purpose, then we can all put our shoulders to it. We can all jump in the harness and we can all begin pulling then we can all begin to pull together. The thing is, too, I, th- I think God blesses that. You know, when, when the apostles called the church together and they said, pick seven, you might recognize the first two names. They, they mentioned Stephen was one and Philip was the other. Stephen, in just a few chapters in Acts, is, he is the martyr that we see who stood up in front of the whole Sanhedrin and preached the gospel and they killed him for it. Amazing testimony of, of faith of what it means to follow Christ. He is recorded in history, in the biblical history, because of his faithfulness. Or what about Philip, who went to Samaria to preach the gospel? We know Philip also, too, because he was the one who talked with the Ethiopian. And the Ethiopian came to faith and was baptized. This great missionary. So these guys weren't just table washers. They were faithful men of character. Filled with the Spirit and wise. So God blessed it not only in the people, the leaders that were chosen, but also in the church as well. It says that the Word of God grew. The Word of God spread throughout Jerusalem. Not only that, the number of people joined the church, it grew. Even, even priests, even people who probably shouldn't have been there, they still, their hearts were changed and they believed. When we are faithful, when we have this clear purpose and the way we do things supports that purpose or feeds into it, I believe God blesses that. I believe He wants to bless that. But as I read through that story in Acts, I see also that it wasn't just the leaders. It was the whole church that was involved in it. If we want to be clear or if we want to be focused on what God has, has called us to, this mission that God has for us, 
if we want the way we do things to match up with that purpose, then it's got to be up to all of us. We all have a part to play in this. See, it was the whole church that selected the seven. It was the whole church that responded together. It was the whole church that continued to proclaim the gospel. Some by preaching, many by the way that they lived out their faith. If we want to be faithful to the mission that God has called us to, of loving Him, of loving each other, of transforming lives, of cultivating the kingdom of God in our community, it's going to be up to all of us. If we want to be known as a church that loves God, loves people, and transforms lives, it's going to be up to all of us. The pastor can't do this for us. The vitality team can't do this for us. It's got to be up to all of us. If we want to be known as a church that loves God, loves others, and transforms lives, it's up to all of us. We all have a part to play in it. See, I begin to imagine what this looks like. I begin to imagine for us what it looks like as we have a more clear picture of the purpose that God has for us as a church. Remembering the purpose that he planted this church with to cultivate the kingdom of God in this community, to proclaim the gospel here. To love God, to love others and see lives transformed. I start to see, I start to see people's lives changed. I see us growing in our love for God. Us as a church, those of us who are sitting here right now, coming on Sunday to worship God. Not just going through the motions, but here to praise God for who He is, for what He's done, and what He's doing in our lives. I see us growing in understanding of who God is and how He works in this world. I see us growing in our love for God, just on fire for Jesus captivated by his love for us, by his grace, by his forgiveness for our sin, by this life that he's called us into, not just for our sake, but for the sake of this community and communities throughout the world. I see us growing in our love for each other, loving others, gathering on Sunday, gathering here as a place where we we share the Lord's table together, where we see people. It's like getting together like an extended family. Maybe the conversations are short, but sometimes they provide us an entree into a deeper discussion later in the week. About loving each other when we gather in small groups. When we gather there to to learn about Christ, to learn about God and the Holy Spirit and what they are doing. To grow in our relationship with God. To celebrate life together, birthdays and anniversaries, to help each other raise our kids or our grandchildren. A place where we gather to challenge each other, to say, I'm not sure if that's what God wants for you. Or what you're talking about, I don't see that in Scripture. Or when we gather to bear each other's burdens in the difficult times, helping each other navigate the difficult times. Visiting each other in hospital. Visiting each other when we're home and we can't go out. I see these changes happening. I see this change happening too as as we begin to transform lives. 
see it as leaders in our church are grown and encouraged and they go out and they lead well in their families. Women go out and lead well in their jobs. Men go and lead well in our communities. And things begin to change. Things begin to grow. I see it too as we as a church continue to focus on the whole mission of God. Affecting whole people and this whole community. Sometimes as a church in large events that are put on by the church, but many times also by small groups. Small groups who are praying and say, you know what? We know this lady who lives just down the street from us. We need to go help her with her yard. Or we know about this situation happening in the school at Redfish. They need some help with us. Let's go do this together as a small group. But it's not just as church, but it's as a small group that we are blessing our community for the community's sake. That they might see that, that the way we live actually lines up with what we proclaim to believe. But not only that, not only in our community, but also globally. That we would transform lives as we continue to support a well in Togo. It's hard to even explain what water can do for an African community. And we're a part of that. Or continuing to to support Ray and the, the Colonels of Hope. And then that money then goes and supports farmers in the Congo. It's hard for us to even understand what this means for people there, for whole communities. Or about the children that we sponsor. The board right over there. Reminds me, well, we have a few more we need to add. Kids that we're pouring into, that we're supporting to help them get education, food, care. Things that we continue to do that bless people. God is working through this church to transform lives. And I believe as we continue doing this, as we continue doing, especially in our community, people will begin to respond to this. I see people in our community recognizing that the way we live lines up with what we profess to believe. That our lives line up with the gospel. And they say, you know what, it actually does matter. It's not just about a personal relationship with them and God. It actually has hands and feet. And it changes things. I see it work out in their lives. I see them coming to sit next to us in these seats right next to you. Friends that you've been praying for, sometimes for years. Neighbors that you know. You've watched them struggle and you desire more for them. I want to see them right here in these seats, praising God. Praising God for forgiveness, for life, for hope, for meaning and purpose. This is the purpose that I think God has put this church here for. So I've talked with some of you who were here when the church planted. It seems like why you put it here, or why you were part of God putting the church here. When the building was built, it was to continue this mission, this purpose of cultivating the kingdom of God in our community, to see people come to faith, to see their lives transformed. As we're in the middle of this vitality series, talking about Um, becoming healthier and more missional because I believe there's already health in this church and there's already mission happening. This is not something new for us. This is who you've been from the beginning. This is who we continue to be going forward. 
I'm encouraged by this. I'm encouraged by this purpose that God has for us here. Loving him, loving others, and transforming lives. Cultivating the kingdom of God in our community.